Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, my pleasure to welcome back to the show as we have our annual chat about the Army Navy game. We welcome Joe Miller of the Navy Radio Network. Joe, it's great to talk to you again. Yeah, Jeff, it's great to talk to you again. I love the music to start off. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely top-shelf stuff, that is for sure. Well, Joe, you know, uh, you know, we've been having this conversation for uh, several years now, uh, first on sure. my old AAC show, and of course now we continue it on my JAS podcast. And, uh, you know, here we go. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of, uh, of this year's annual contest, let's talk a little bit about the Navy season. A bit of an up-and-down uh, season for the midshipmen, uh, of course, as uh, uh, they tread new waters with Brian Newberry as the new head coach. Uh, give me your take on the on the season overall. Yeah, yeah, I think up-and-down is a pretty good reflection of what it was. Um, I, I certainly think, you know, reflecting back on it, there was a couple games they'd love to have back. Um, you know, early in the season against Memphis, that was a game that came down to the last series. Um, you know, the Temple game, I think, is the one that uh, they would love, you know, a redo in that situation, that game at Temple. Uh, certainly, when you look back at that, they fell behind early. And I think, you know, talking to the coaching staff after that, you know, they just did some uncharacteristic things to try to and maybe panicked a little bit um, to try to get back in that game. And it, the lead ballooned even a little bit more. So I, I think they definitely look back at some of the games and say, you know, a, a play here, a play there, change the mentality a little bit. Um, that, that they would be going to a bowl game. And uh, obviously that's not going to be the case this year. Uh, but I think for the first year for a new head coach and Brian Newberry, I think they did accomplish some things that they wanted to do. Defensively, they were very solid throughout the season. They developed some players that uh, younger players that they hope will be a big part of their future. And, and I think offensively, um, there was some good and bad. It was really a mixed bag. I mean, there's been times where, um, you know, they, they've been able to move the ball with ease. Now, the other big part of it is they started four different quarterbacks this season, and I don't think any uh, team <laughs> can can get away with that and have a lot of success just because of the continuity at that position. Uh, so that's a big thing as they head into, um, you know, the offseason trying to develop that position and, and sort of get better health there, I, I think it's going to be key for them. They, they, they have some guys that they like, but again – injuries, different factors this season. Uh, I don't think any team out there wants to start four different quarterbacks if they had their uh, if they had their way. So I, I think that really hurt some of the things on what they wanted to do offensively. But I think they developed some playmakers that I think they're, you know, they, they have they think has a bright future there. Um, but I, I don't think when you look at the, the season as a whole, it, it kind of fell all together like they had hoped it would offensively for them this year. And of course, uh, you know, obviously the triple option is the bread and butter of Navy football. Sure. But it it looked like there was more spread introduction into the offense this year, a little bit more sure. throwing the ball. Uh, how do you think that? Uh, how that equated during the season? Yeah, again, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I, I thought they did some really good stuff. One of the big things that they had talked about in the past, and I know, you know, you know, on broadcast we've talked a lot about it as well, is sort of it becoming more adept at the short passing game. That was something that they wanted to accomplish this season. And I think they did some great things and you're right. Formation wise. I mean, they're still running a lot of the same stuff that they had done in the past. They're just doing it out of different formations. And, you know, for the first, uh, you know, first couple games of the season, 
I, I think they really had some teams fooled and they just didn't execute the way they wanted to. As the season progressed, they added some more things throughout the season that I think, um, you know, they were just inconsistent at. There was games where they threw the ball incredibly well and there was games where they struggled to throw the football. Um, you know, their offensive line um, had some injuries throughout the season, so that deterred things. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's still the bread and butter, but they tried to do some different things out of different formations. But then you go back to sort of what I talked about before, the quarterback issues and some of the injuries, it kind of changed the thing, changed things as they went through the season as well. So, um, you know, I, I think ultimately they do want to throw the football a little bit more, but they also have to be a little bit more consistent when doing that. And I think you saw teams change the way they played them early in the season, then changes were made and they adapted to those changes. Navy um, tried to re uh, adapt to those changes as well. So it was always this, uh, it was always this uh, game of sort of, uh, you know, what will d- defense come out and what formation will they give? And, but I, I think that what they did was create some, some situations where they got the playmakers, the ball in their hand uh, at predetermined times. And, and a lot of times in the option, that was something that just, you know, didn't happen. It was sort of based on what the defense did. Um, so again, not to belabor this point, but a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think going forward, Ideally, you know, in the past, I think the coaches would tell you if a team is playing a certain way, you know, maybe we throw it five to ten times. Now I think if a team is playing a certain way, they want to throw it, you know, ten to fifteen times. They're still not going to get completely away from what they want to do, but there's slight subtle changes. And at times it worked really well this season. At times, you know, they struggled with it. And talk to me about how it was navigating the American this year. Obviously, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston leaving. Uh, several new teams coming into the conference this sure. year. What was uh, what was that like navigating the the, the new American? Well, you, you had the new American, and you had a whole host of new coaches too. Uh, and I think that was the thing that was interesting to see. Um, just the the transition from you know going you know Charlotte obviously going down there to play new coaching staff at USF obviously um, new coaching staffs around the AAC and sort of getting used to the way they played. I don't think there's anybody that is going to argue the point that losing, you know, UCF and Cincinnati, um, you know, hurt the talent, overall talent of the, of, of the, of the conference. I think you add that with the fact that you had a lot of programs trying to restart themselves, Tulsa, you know, a lot of programs trying to reinvent themselves. I think it made for up and down play this year in the AAC. Clearly SMU, uh, I mean, we saw them two weeks ago. Obviously everybody saw what they did last week against Tulane. That is a team that I think separated themselves. I mean, Memphis was pretty close, in my opinion. Look, UTSA, uh, Tulane, they all kind of separated. It was a clear dividing line, those four, and then kind of everybody else the rest of the season. And, and look, Navy got to play um, uh, SMU, obviously, and, and Navy earlier in the season played Memphis. And I think Navy was very competitive with Memphis, SMU. I mean, I thought that they were as good a defensive team – uh, as we've seen in the AAC. I mean, I, I think that's a really good football team. Um, I, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it's kind of sucks for them that they're not playing in the New Year's Six. I mean, I think they're um, clearly a very talented team. Uh, their defense, I mean, they hit the transfer portal uh, and, you know, they got five or six new starters on defense. Their offensive line was probably the best in the AAC. But overall, I think you did see, you know, last year, we went through the, um, you know, we had three consecutive weeks of Notre Dame, UCF, and Cincinnati. 
Uh, and that was a tough road for Navy. Um, it, it wasn't as tough this season, but I do think there's those schools have a lot of potential. I mean, I, I think uh, if you hit it right at some of those places, uh, and certainly there's more, we, we did not see UTSA, we didn't see Rice, there's certainly more chances for us to see them. And of course, it, you know, everything will change again with SMU leaving. So they'll restructure. We thought we would know what our schedules were uh, for the next few years, but we're going to have to redo those and figure out. Uh, but I, I think you clearly saw if anybody paid attention to the conference, there was sort of a clear dividing line from the top four teams and then a little bit of everybody else. But most of those teams were young, inexperienced, new teams with new coaching staffs. And I, I think there's some there's some really good potential there for some programs to to establish themselves. Yeah, no question. It's a uh, it is interesting to watch all this uh, reconstruction around uh, college football. <laughs> I guess that's best best word I can come up with for it at this stage of the game. So uh, let's talk about the big game, uh, the the sure. Army Navy game. Of course, now for the first time they will be playing at Gillette Stadium. Um, tell yep. me how that came about. Yeah, I mean, obviously they put the pro- the bid up for uh, you know the process to go through and pick out. You know, it, it's. It's a little bit of a rotating basis. Uh, I know next year we're back in D.C. Um, you know, we've been in Philadelphia. Uh, uh, we've been in Baltimore. This is kind of the uh, the farthest north um, we've gone with the game. I know in the past it's been in a couple other locations. I know in the 80s it was out in the Rose Bowl for a year. Uh, so it's been in some different locales. But generally speaking, since I've been doing Navy games, uh, it's been in one of three places, Baltimore, Philadelphia, or Washington. Uh, so, it's, you know, up in uh, New England, the Patriots, uh, you know, I'll be up there. I'll be getting up there Thursday, but everybody says it's been, you know, everything's gone really great. The response has been fantastic for as far as media and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, I've been done a couple of different events up there in the past. So, um, you know, it's a great facility to call a game from. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, you know, it's been, you know, last year uh philadelphia the year before new york city of course pandemic year we were you know the odd year of having it up in west point uh that one year so it's it's moved around a lot um and new england will get a chance to showcase it um so a little extra uh you know you know flying there instead of riding there what we usually get with philly or baltimore or washington so a little extra travel arrangements but from everything i heard like the city is is buzzing about it uh, we were talking about it today, trying to find a reservation on Friday night was not easy. It's never easy in Philadelphia on the weekend of Army-Navy. A lot of stuff goes on, a lot of reunions, a lot of get-togethers. So apparently it's going to be packed there uh, in Boston on uh, Friday night. So, you know, looking forward to it, you know, um, and obviously it's a showplace uh, uh, event for Navy and for Army and Navy and trying to put on, a, you know, a great experience for everybody. And the crowd is usually a big part of that. And um, it's it's been sold out for, for months now. So uh, I guess the response has been really good. And um, looking forward to the opportunity to go up there and uh, and call the game from up there. Yeah, you've hit one of, one of the important points, too, on, uh, what, you, uh, on what happens when you uh, go on these uh, road trips is where are you going to have dinner Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. Uh, Jeff, that is the uh, that occupies as much time as uh, you might expect. I mean, we so we we have two different systems at Navy. Uh, we used to be in, on a voting system, but we got into too many uh, disagreements about how the votes were tabulated. So now we just designate somebody to pick each and every week, and everybody else has to shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> now the only rules there there are a couple like you know we have to stay sort of neutral food. We can't go too crazy 
on the food selection. You know, we can't do go too exotic. So we got to kind of take it all in. And, um, but, uh, it, 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 it Look, it's one of the best parts about being on the road is the is the dinner on Friday night and sort of just relaxing before a game and and just having a little bit of fun before uh, before the game on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know it's it's kind of cool. I, I imagine you know, especially for you know uh, for broadcasters, for administrators, and all that. You know, the juice of going to a new place is kind of cool, and you're going yeah, to yeah. and you're going to a stadium where the Patriots play. Is that not perfect synergy, right? <laughs> Yeah, and obviously there's the synergy with Bill Belichick and his relationship with the United States Naval Academy. And obviously, um, you know, that relationship has been strong for for many decades now. So there's obviously that, you know, uh, a couple years ago, uh, going to the bowl game, uh, you know, we used the Patriots jet. uh, So there's been that relationship between the two, I guess, organizations, if you will, uh, that have gone back. But yeah, it's you know we used to go up to uh, we used to go up to Connecticut for the AAC so this is our back, trip back to New England I guess but yes Boston new for us to find uh, some fine dining in Boston I'm sh- I was looking at the the list it was there was plenty of places to go so I'm looking forward to it. yeah that's outstanding stuff so uh, let's talk about the game itself uh, you know both teams coming in five and six uh, yeah Army on a three game win streak so uh, how do you uh, how do you see this one playing out. Yeah, I was, you know, it, it's funny going through the numbers today and just doing some initial notes on the game. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of times Army, um, their game is is the first part of the doubleheader on, you know, on CBS Sports Network. So you get to see them a decent amount, but it, it's sometimes, you know, you're involved in your game and you're worried about the conference. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's different to see, you know, how their season kind of turned around. I mean, it's um, obviously we played Air Force and Air Force – uh, did us pretty good number. Uh, and, you know, watching, I was, you know, went back and watched some of that game today. And look, Army had six turnovers in that game. And I think that game really turned their season around. Um, you know, they edged Holy Cross, uh, but had a nice victory over Car- Coastal Carolina to end the season. They've been off for three weeks. Obviously, Navy had a really tough game against SMU, a physical game that they're trying to sort of lick some wounds from that game as well. Um, and I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, you, you, you look back at the army season and, um, you look at, you know, one of the things that they talked a lot about was also same, similar, what Navy talked about. We want to throw the football more. We want to be a little bit more a multiple. We want to be out of the shotgun and you can definitely see during their season as the season went along, they went back to the running game a lot more as the season went along. And you, I don't think it's a big shocker that by the end of the season, a lot of their success, you look at those games where maybe in the first part of the season, they were running the ball 40 to 45 times the, in the back half of the season. Now, you know, they're running 55 to 60 times. Uh, so their offense has changed a little bit. And I, I don't think anybody uh, at the service academies are surprised by that. I mean, uh, oftentimes we talk about you have to play one style of offense and one style of defense against everybody else. And then in your two service academy games, you have to reconfigure for those weeks. Um, and it's a little bit easier for Army because you always have, at least except for the one year that we played in the AAC title game, you usually have at least two weeks to prepare, prepare for them. Air Force, not as much. Uh, you know, that usually pops up in the middle of the season. But I, I think you see an Army team that had, I think struggled early in the part of the season trying to figure out what they wanted to be offensively. I think their quarterback daily uh, is one of the best, you know, running guys that they've had in a while there. And his numbers might not show that necessarily, but you know, they just have been different. I I think he's a very good, an adept runner. 
you know, watching the Air Force game, I thought he was fantastic that game. So obviously they're going to be able to run the football to some, <clears throat> to some extent. And look, these games, I don't know what, I, I forget uh, what the total is. I'm guessing it's probably around 28, 29 points, 30. These, these games have been incredibly low scoring games. Uh, I don't think the mids, and I might be off by a, a game or two. I think it's been seven straight games where in service academy games, they haven't scored more than 17 points in. Um, and that's been their big Achilles heel in these Air Force and Army games is they just have not been able to consistently move the football and score points. Um, so, you know, you look at the last couple of years, the games have come down to one possession games and they've been incredibly low scoring games. I wouldn't expect anything different. The only it seems like to me um, over the last six, seven years, the only games that have gotten crazy are games with a, a, a lot of turnovers. And you saw that in the Army Air Force game this year. Uh, but you have to give the tip of the cap to Army for beating Air Force the way they did um, and, and where, the way they played the back half of their season. Um, you know, they're, they're coming in with a lot of momentum. Uh, they had an extra week off. You know, they've had three weeks to prepare for this game. Um, so, um, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's often, you know, who makes the big mistakes uh, that determine the game. And last year, you know, Navy fumbles at the one-yard line going in. Um, and – and I mean, just a a terrible way to lose a football game, and especially any football game, but in a, but an Army Navy game, it's extra worse. And that's kind of been how these games have come down the last couple of years. I mean, it just um, you're always sitting there. I'm always sitting there going, I hope somebody makes a play rather than you know somebody doesn't make a play. Um, and, and you know. I'd prefer the hero over the goat, uh, no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in this one. I mean, it just – I remember, you know, during the long streak um, in a game in Washington, Trent Steelman, who was a very good quarterback, four-year starter for Army, they're driving to win the game, and, you know, he botches a snap, and they lose the football game where they were, you know, first and goal to go. And, you know, look, you're happy that Navy wins, but there's also part of you is like – Man, that is going to be a tough thing to get over. And last year it was Anton Hall, who's, um, you know, who's recovered this year and has been a big part of what they've done and a gold line threat. But, you know, uh, it's tough to see when that happens at the end of a game like this. What do you think is like sort of a wild card or intangible uh, that would have to come into play uh, to, to help spark yeah. Navy to win? I, honestly, I really do think it's special teams – I really like what Navy has done this season on special teams. It was a area of concern the last couple of years. Now they've had a, this year overall, uh, you know, the, their numbers don't blow you away, but in the AAC, I think they were number one most of the season in both punt return and kick return. Uh, they brought in a new special teams coordinator. They sort of dedicated a guy to that job uh, and uh it, came over from the NFL, Ricky Brown, and he's done a, he's done a tremendous job. And I really think that it's not one of those things that is necessarily noticeable all the time, but people around, um, around the program, you can see a clear line of, uh, of difference. I feel they, they use a lot more of their starters on special teams. That was one of the things he wanted to do. Um, and I, I think it's helped them a ton. Uh, they went from special teams. That was an issue. Um, to one of the best special teams. Now I say that with that said that uh, the kicking game is always important. I know army's kickers, I think only missed one this season. He's a veteran who hit a big field goal 
a couple years ago in the game. Um, but I, I really think coverage-wise and also return-wise, I really think Navy does have an advantage in special teams. But, you know, you, you might only get the – a chance to make a special teams play, you know, four or five times in the game on Saturday, especially when there's not a lot of scoring. Uh, so, um, you know, is that the big advantage? I mean, oftentimes this game has come down to not only, you know, who makes the big mistake, but who can throw the football effectively. And both teams have tried to do it a little bit more. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays up. And look, there's always a surprise. I mean, a couple of years ago in Baltimore, I think Army used four quarterbacks in the game. Um, look, Navy should have three healthy guys back. I don't, I'm not saying that I know anything, but I wouldn't surprise to be see a couple of different guys out there. Um, and I, you just never know what the surprise is going to be, uh, for army and Navy. So, uh, but I, I really do think special teams is an area that, you know, the old Jimmy, the Greek, uh, checkboard uh, on CBS NFL today, I would give Navy a big check on that side of the football field. The old intangible. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now, one of the highlights of Army-Navy now in recent years has been the the special uniforms that uh, yes. each school breaks out for that. So, uh, And, boy, they are they are killer. <laughs> they are killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the helmets are something else. Um, I, I actually am sitting out at my – uh, kids' soccer practice right now. I have the uh, the wool hat that they gave us uh, for the. So I had I got some of my gear already uh, sporting it right now. But um, look, the, the helmets are amazing, and the guys that go through that and put that together. I mean, these are true artists that that, that design these and put them together and paint them. I mean, to me, when I get up close and personal with the helmets, it just blows me away. The craftsmanship, and I know that might sound silly, but it's just. Um, you know, I'm a football geek. That kind of stuff just blows my mind that somebody went through the that and um, yeah, and like the submarine look. I, I do feel like we're like the Navy has the most to offer in the different. You know, we've done Blue Angels. Uh, obviously, we've done Marine Corps. We've done submarines now. We've done aircraft carrier. Uh, we're running out. You know, we got to you know, I, I don't envy the task of trying to figure out a new kind of uh, pattern each and every year. Uh, um, obviously there's a lot of stuff out there that, uh, that they can, that they can use, but, uh, yeah, that's a task that, uh, I think has come, come together really nicely. And I, I just love the detail of the helmets up close and personal. And I love, you know, one of the other things is we were actually talking about this earlier today in a meeting, you know, we went over the patches that, you know, each player gets to pick a patch from, you know, somebody that's sent it in from either, the, you know, somebody, a serviceman from, you know, a certain ship uh certain uh naval base certain submarines certain marine corps unit um and i love the patches on the uniforms i think it's really cool you know oftentimes there's special messages that uh you know i i <laughs> we go through the list and we talk about things and we got like these 25 different notes and then oftentimes i'm in the third quarter and we haven't even talked about it once because there's so much else going on but like i, I think that is really cool and every time you get a chance to tell one of those stories of why a certain person, whether it's his dad, whether it's his grandfather, and you know, served on a ship or or was you know related to somebody that served on, and they have the patch on. I think it's just super cool, and I wish we had more time sometimes to tell those stories. Well, I tell you what, the uh, when you talk about the helmets and 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 and, and those are outstanding. So you know that takes months to really oh orchestrate. <laughs> That's when you when you think about uh, think about the time that goes into that is incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, um, I, you know, the equipment guy basically starts with the, in you know, January. I mean, you, so you get three weeks 
And then you start thinking about what is next year's going to look like because, I mean, to individually paint those helmets, uh, I know with, with the, um, I, you know, they kind of all run together a little bit. So I forget the year, but the year that they had uh, the war, uh, you know, the aircraft carriers and the different ships on the helmets. I mean, they had different, they had like eight different collections of uh, different ships that they used. Um, and to put that all together is a lot of time and injury and, and, and a lot of, um, a lot of talent to put that all together, uh, and make it look the way it looks because those are, um, those are some sweet helmets. And every year, um, Jeff, they have an equipment sale like most schools do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the high ticket <laughs> value of the helmets, they are the highest, you know, they go for the most money on those, you know, basically yard sales with all the different equipment, you know, and uniforms and stuff like that. They're out there, they're the highest ticket item, and they're the quickest to go. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Does not take long. Um, so, no. so interesting aspect now, you know, Army is going to be joining the American, and yes. they yep. have managed to preserve the exclusive uh, date of playing after the, yeah. co- uh, the, the conference championship games. Uh, but I guess they have some scenarios in place in case, you know, Na- Army and Navy play for the championship. Uh, kind of give you the lowdown on that. Yeah, you know, from what I understand, the scenario is if they play in the championship, you're going to have back-to-back games, um, you know, which would be the championship. Now, you know, this would be uh, – look, there was a couple years ago when, um, you know, Navy was – this would be Keenan Reynolds' senior season. They went to Houston, uh, and both those teams were ranked in the college football playoff rankings at that point. And there was a big discussion about what would happen uh, because then would they have to push back, um, you know, the, the Army-Navy game uh, or, excuse me, there, there was this – you would have the AAC championship game and the Army-Navy to get, game to go, and Navy could still be undefeated getting votes and part of the New Year's Six. Now, they lost that game um, on the day after Thanksgiving that year against Houston, so it kind of all didn't really come together. Of course, with Navy did play – um, the next year in the AAC championship game, but they had already had two losses, so it didn't factor into the into the college football rankings, and more importantly, the New York New Year Six. Now you get to some scenario, some weird scenario that all that could matter. I mean, it would be a lot to try to work through if they were eligible for the New York in New Year Six, either one of those teams. And I don't know um, that would be an interesting sort of uh, conversation to have. But the way I understand it, if they do both qualify for the AAC. Now, you know, they've made it sure that they're not going to play in the regular season as far as any other time other than the, uh, the last weekend of the college football season. They've discussed that um, right now. There's no thought that like that a- the AAC is going to have divisions. That doesn't seem like that's coming back into style with anybody right now uh, in the uh, old school uh, championship game of having two divisions. So, you know, most likely they would both have to go undefeated, which isn't, you know, it's not a, it's not an unbelievable scenario. Both have had teams over the last six or seven years that have been in that spot. Um, and so, yeah, it, it would make for an interesting couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm for it if it ever happened, because I think that would be incredibly interesting, but yeah, you would probably have back to back weeks of army Navy. And if one team was, um, eligible for the college football playoff in the new year six, that brings a whole nother conversation in because obviously as we've seen now, you know, those ratings and everything c- comes out. And I mean, that's one of the reasons that 
Uh, if this game was played earlier, you know, Army and Navy, the winner would probably go to a bowl game. They would be a very cherished team to go to a bowl game, but because they have accepted the fact that they're going to play on this on this date, that they're not going to unless they have six wins at this point, you know, they're not going to be uh, considered for a bowl. So there is a little bit of a negative to that, uh, but I think for all the uh, positives and the you know the public relations coup of being the only team to play on the uh, FBS level this weekend you know, that gives them a little bit of a uh, uh, an edge. But if this was played last week, obviously it would get lost in the conference championship shuffle. But, you know, the one you, you could have a bowl team come out of it. Um, so, um, you know, that's a little bit of a downfall. But, um, you know, both these teams want to be, you know, bowl eligible by the time they get here and not sort of had this game. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see them in the AAC, you know, um, we, we <laughs> Navy is always I think Navy and Air Force have all always looked at Army's schedule with sort of a like, OK, you know, I mean, there's been years where they've played three FCS teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the way, though, you look at the AAC, I think they come into this conference a little bit more competitive than than maybe in years past. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's Navy ironically enough, had their best two seasons, their first two years in the AAC. So was it an adjustment uh, to what Navy was doing that other teams made? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was just a, sort of a, maybe just the, 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 the years that they came in, the, maybe the talent uh, balance was a little bit off in the conference and it wasn't as good maybe as you would see the next three or four seasons. Um, but I, I think certainly I'm here for an Army-Navy AAC championship game going into Army-Navy. Um, that would be certainly interesting. I don't know. If you split the games, who would get the – I don't know how we would figure out who gets the bragging rights in those situations. <laughs> but I would think for a chance to play for a conference championship, it would be a good problem to have. Yeah, well, look, it happens, it happens in other sports. I mean, we, we've certainly seen that in other sports. I mean, you know, I do uh, you know, not only uh, football there, but, you know, I do women's and men's soccer and lacrosse. It has happened in other sports. And mm-hmm. generally speaking, the conference champion winner sort of gets – bragging rights in those and a lot of those times so it has happened in the patriot league and um it, it certainly could happen in the aac well i i'm just glad they were able to preserve uh being the only game on the weekend sure the, yeah. the second sunday in december i think that is uh that is outstanding of course um all right, so I wanted to get your opinion uh, on the college football playoff. And, of course, uh, this has obviously been a very big uh, topic of discussion. And, yeah. you know, it, it dawned on me that, you know, the title of the podcast that you do with, with your broadcast partner, Pete Medhurst, totally fits this. It's college football. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I honestly, yesterday, and, you know, we, put it, we recorded last night, and if anybody wants to listen to my thoughts more deeply – I mean, I really feel bad for Florida State. I really do. Um, it's hard for me to understand. Like, look, we, we obviously live in the world, and you know with UCF, with, with the AAC, and we, we would always fight against that moniker of being on the outside. But this is one of the teams on the inside. This is one of the teams that's supposed to have the special phone number to get to the guy that can get them in. <laughs> this isn't, you know, you know, we aren't the – it's not the barbarians knocking on the gate trying to get in. This is the people from the inside. And I, and I just feel like the, the tough thing for me, Jeff, to understand from a, just from a person that loves sports and follows a lot of different sports is the fact that they did everything that they should have done. They did everything that they should have done and they still got left out. But in the, I was having this conversation with somebody today and you know, he, you know, we were talking about it and, he, and 
at the end of the day, I go, I understand the SEC wields that power. At the end of the day, it's a television show, and that stuff does matter. But I just feel I feel so bad for Florida State. I mean, um, I, and I, I, I talked about this last night when doing the podcast. I almost feel like if they would have just lied and said, look, I know you saw the injury and it looked really bad, but we just took the x-rays and we, we think it's just a high ankle sprain and he's going to be back, <laughs> that they would have got in. And that's such an unfortunate thing to say. Like, like they, put, um, they, they put Jordan Travis in a hotel room and said, like, nobody can come in here for three weeks. We're going <laughs> to sequester him and we're going we're, we're we're to lie about it. I think they would be in the playoff. Mm. And what does that say? Yeah. What does that say? Yeah. And I just, the, the tough thing for me is that you're making a decision about Tate Rodemaker and you're basically saying, like, you don't think he's any good and that's why they're not in the playoff. And I, I just don't know if that's the right message you want to send <laughs> and the right thing to do. I just think it's so anti-sports to say that, um, that we've decided – that you're not very good because you played what four quarters of foot, five quarters of six quarters of football. We've determined through those six quarters that you're not very good. And you can't tell me the fact that, you know, he's not a five star as I, I brought up last night. If Arch Manning is their backup and Arch Manning does the same thing on the field, but he's a five star and people have heard that name and it, it clicks with them. I think they'd be in the playoff right now. Mm. If they had a, a bigger named, and none of those things are good, Jeff. <laughs> none of those things are good. <laughs> like lying about it, um, perception over reality. Uh, it's just, it's not good for the sport. And I, I really do, I really do, um, you know, love college football, but I just feel like it's, I, I just think it's really bad message. And it, it just, it, it's not good for the sport. And you know what? It's tough. Yeah. And I feel, kind of feel like the committee did them dirty in another respect, too, because, you know, they had them in the top four last week exactly. on, the, on the same premise. You know, the, you know, they're, they, they know Jordan Travis isn't going to play. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah. Look, <laughs> they played great on defense the other. That's a, a Louisville team that is average, you know, over 400 yards a game. That is a good offense. And that was, to me, as good a defensive performance as we've seen all year in college football. They were flat out amazing against a pretty good defense with a running back in Jordan. That's a, you know, a, a 1300 yard back Jamari thrash, a really good wide receiver. Um, you know, plumbers, a good solid quarterback and they completely shut them down and they won by 10 points over a team that was ranked 12th in their previous poll. I mean, if you did the, if you were, you know, just on paper, you said they're fourth this week, they're going to beat the number 12 team in the country by 10 points. And then you're going to kick them out. Uh, you know, and I said, like, look, I said last night, the, the person, whenever they invented this thing and they sort of came out with the initial sort of talking points and they said, like, we're, we can change our mind week to week to week. That was a brilliant because they basically can do that. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they set the precedent early on with the whole TCU of Baylor thing. Yep. And they basically just said, look, we can uh, we, we'll just change our minds at the last second. And to have them fourth beat the 12th team by 10 points in a conference championship game and go undefeated. I, I, I mean, I'm just left a little bit. I mean, it, look, yeah. the, the, the terrible thing is I'm going to watch the games and I'll be there watching the semifinals. And it, you know, so they still got me, but it, it's just, it's a terrible look 
in my opinion. Well, not to mention all four teams in the playoff all had an ugly win, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I mean, we played USF the week after they played Alabama. And I remember watching the game and sort of just going back the next week, before, you know, preparing for USF and going, and you know, look, I've seen Alabama plenty of times. It's like, like, wow, I can't believe what I'm watching here. Like USF and Alabama are going toe-to-toe here, and this is a game that was very much in doubt um, into the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's, it's just it, – it's really hard to sort of reconcile all these things. And what they did to – and to turn around and give Liberty a spot and not SMU with the same sort of criteria involved, and they just flipped it. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it, does, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's what happens when politics gets involved in sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and, and then the other scenario I, I thought about today, too, was like, okay, had Texas beaten Alabama during the regular season, Georgia would be in this playoff along with Alabama, and Florida State would have got screwed again by that, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think so too. Uh, you know, there it, you you start to think about was there any scenario that was going to get Florida State in, and if there wasn't, you know, that's the scary thing. <laughs> like, and look, this is the whole thing that gets me with the perception thing too, because we have heard nothing but Washington. I mean, they're undefeated, but you know, they're not very good. They're like. And that's what we've heard for the last month. And mm-hmm. they beat Oregon a second time. And they won all those games. Um, the Apple Cup came down to the last kick. But all those other games that everybody said they so-called struggled in, they won those games and had the game in control You know, with four or five minutes left to go. They just didn't aesthetically do it as pleasing as you wanted it to do, as opposed to what Oregon did. And it, it just – the perception can't be the truth. Um, I just have a hard time with that. I think it, it's just, you know, it, it just, it looks wrong. It just, <laughs> it, it feels wrong. Well, and, and if anything, what they have done, because when somebody, I, you know, a friend of mine said something about this today that, that, that made perfect sense. He says, well, this is what happens. And it finally took a while for it to happen. But this is what happens when you have a 14 playoff with uh, five power five conferences, right? <laughs> so yeah. it, so it, it was bad math to begin with, but uh, boy, it really just does kind of elevate how much of a rigged situation has been over the years. Thank God we're going to 12 teams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily it hasn't been a big issue. I mean, they've kind of gotten away with it because everything has kind of worked them. I mean, there's been, you know, there's been minor controversies and obviously the big one early on about Ohio state getting in over Baylor with well, a uh, third string quarterback, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. With Cardell Jones. Um, and the, 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 but luckily it's worked out for him. I mean, there was this, you know, we're going to have with these bloated conferences too. And you almost had it this year in the AAC, but luckily they scheduled UTSA and Tulane to play the final week of the season. You're going to have three teams that are going to go undefeated in one of these bloated conferences. And what are you going to do on conference championship game? You know, you're going to go to the scenarios and all these things and it's going to be crazy, but yes, um, you know, it is. And I look, I've always been, you know, playoff guy. Let's just get, you know, 12 teams in there. It's not going to look pretty all the time. There's going to be some blowouts. We understand that. Um, But I guess the college, the 14 playoff had to go out with a bang. 
Unfortunately for Florida State, they were the biggest victim in it. Yeah, boy, that is, that is uh, truly a, a, a profound statement as far as uh, that goes. But, uh, you know, with the 12-team playoff, you know, you're going to get more SEC and Big Ten teams in there. Uh, you yes. know, it's, it's you know, I think that's still going to pose a certain amount of angst in, in how all that uh, takes place and takes shape. But uh, that's next year's problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll worry about it for 365 days from now. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, Joe, I, as always, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about the Army-Navy game. You know, I've got to ask you to give it to me one more time. Another uh, uh, Go Navy, Beat Army. <laughs> all right. Go Navy, Beat Army. All right, Joe, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. I, I love having a conversation with you. Good times, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88 on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88 and the website Jeff Allen Sports And you can reach out to the show anytime by email Jeff Allen Sports Talk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs.